0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at tiaa.org/promises pay off.
1: LinkedIn presents. Welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm your host, Michael Kovnat, and we're in the middle of a week-long masterclass on attention. If you're heading back to school or trying to focus on your next big work project, we've got you covered. Today, we're going to hear from Dave Farrow. Dave's an interesting guy. Having struggled with ADHD in his youth, he set out to train himself in a variety of mental exercises to sharpen his attention and memory. He ended up setting world records for memorization and developing a focusing technique that he now teaches to others. Dave explains his method in the book, Brain Hacker, Master Memory, Focus, Emotions, and More to Unleash the Genius Within. And he joins us now to share some of his big ideas.
0: The brain follows the body. So things like movement and posture actually affect our brain more than we can possibly imagine. So posture, for example, is a fun one. If you took a moment right now and just stood up, and let's say you held your shoulders back in a very confident way, held your chin up, breathed deeply through your stomach, and looked forward as if you were confident and had lots of self-esteem, and you knew exactly what you're doing, the interesting thing is you would be confident and have lots of self-esteem, and you would at least feel like you know exactly what you're doing in that moment. This is why actors are so good at fooling us, because they're able to do this on a whim. Now, what's actually going on is your brain associates all the movements of your body to everything else that's going on. So if you're depressed, well, you know, your body matches that, doesn't it? You look down, you slump your shoulders, you breathe shallow. So one of the quickest ways to change your mood is actually to change your posture. Another interesting thing that affects your brain is the movement of your eyes. It's absolutely fascinating, but it looks like our eyes really are the window to the brain. Did you know that when you're trying to recall something, your natural state is to look up, right? Have you ever had somebody ask you for directions and your eyes kind of roll into the back of your head and you look up in the sky and you go, oh, let me think it's down the street to the right. Well, what are you doing right there? Well, in that moment, you're accessing a larger part of your brain. According to functional MRI machines, fMRIs, we know that we're actually able to access more of our cerebral cortex and our memory when we look up. The interesting thing is we don't know why this is, but it seems as though the brain responds to the direction we point our eyes. Isn't that fascinating? The body also follows the brain. So people uh, can visualize things and it affects how your brain perceives the world. There's all sorts of you know great examples of this. Now, one example that I used to do in my workshops is I would have, let's say, about a 100 people in the room, and I would get them to all stand up and put their feet very close together so their their toes and their heels were touching and then i would get them to close their eyes and go through a visualization exercise where they imagine themselves on top of a building and then slowly very gently they would start to walk right to the edge of the building and i would imply that they're going to either jump off or fly off or something like that but the fascinating thing was in that moment when they were at the edge of the building in their mind's eye So many people lost their balance. We had people fall over or leaning and rocking back and forth. And the simple fact is we knew logically that everybody was standing squarely on the ground. But your brain is not logical in that sense. Whatever you visualize on some level, your brain thinks it's really Happening, and to use this, there's actually a really great hack to deal with pain. Now, I've actually dealt with chronic pain for most of my life. I had to uh, uh, walk uh, using a cane when I was a teenager, for example. And this technique is what really saved me in a lot of those tough times. And now I'm in great shape. I'm very healthy. I'm pain-free. Just in case you were curious, and I'm living my best life. But let's help some other people get there. So one of the ways you can block out pain is to actually visualize it, and then visualize it going away. So let's say, for example, just generically, you had a headache and you had pain in your head. What you wanna do is visualize your head, visualize your brain, visualize all the blood flowing, everything that you can, and then find some way to visualize the pain. I used to visualize it like a, a cloud of red dust or you know, some sort of storm cloud was the way I like to visualize it. And what I would do is I would imagine the wind blowing at that cloud. And it would take a few minutes, but slowly and surely I could blow that pain away. And just as the visualization started to push that pain away, I felt the pain literally go away. And I was able to block out pain for hours, for days sometimes, just by using the power of my mind. The brain is a comparison machine. So what do I mean by this? Well, your brain is constantly comparing everything you experience to everything else you experience. So one of the interesting ways that people use this is in speed reading. Uh you might not realize that speed is a relative concept. If you've ever been driving on the highway and you're driving at, you know, who knows how fast, and then you pull off onto a side street that maybe is a reduced speed, maybe because it's a school area or a hospital or something, and all of a sudden you feel like you're just crawling along. You look at the speedometer and you're actually going at a reasonable pace, but it's very slow compared to how fast you were driving before. In fact, this same principle is what uh, batters use in baseball when they try to swing a heavy bat or a bat with a weight on the end of it, just before they get up to plate to hit the ball. For some reason, they figured out this trick a long time ago. And what it does is it tricks the body into putting out more effort into that swing because the brain thinks it's going to have to swing that big heavy weight. Once you switch bats, your brain is still comparing it to that old weight. That old heavy bat. And when you swing with a regular bat, you get like 30, 40% more power. It's really cool. So. How can we use this? Well, also understand that most of your emotions, especially your extreme emotions, often they go crazy because we are comparing ourselves to other people and other expectations and other situations. Uh, The Stoics uh, uh, from ancient times they believed it was really important to stop comparing our experiences to every other experience, especially in today's day and age of social media where Everything online looks like everyone's having such a great day. That just can't be true, right? So what I believe is that we should actually accept the good with the bad. We realize that there's like 50% of... Good, 50% of bad, and both of those come in equal measure to just about everybody in life. And this understanding can really calm your emotions down. And this is not academic, actually. This happens all the time in group therapy. If you're in a group where you've experienced something that everyone else in the group has experienced, universally people go into these group therapies feeling very extreme emotions. But once they encounter other people who have had the same experience, they realize that their experience isn't unique. They're not special in a bad way. You know, the life uh fate doesn't hate them. Uh, life is not against them. Uh, they had an experience that other people had, albeit terrible, but knowing that there's other people who have had that experience and that it's more common actually lowers our stress and helps us relax. So think about that.
1: Okay, so even if your brain's a little fuzzy, and I know mine is right now, There are things you can do to sharpen your focus. Get yourself a copy of Dave's book, Brain Hacker, to really get into the techniques and see if they help you avoid the many distractions of modern life. But you know, distraction isn't just a modern problem. Humans have struggled with it for a very long time. Come on back tomorrow when we'll hear from Caleb Smith, author of Thoreau's Axe, Distraction and Discipline in American Culture. Caleb will explain how focusing methods that were developed in the 19th century can help you pay attention today. And while I've got your attention, remember to sign up for my newsletter using the link in the episode notes. You'll get a a once-a-week free summary of the latest big ideas in productivity, creativity, psychology, and other practical fields right in your inbox. I'm Michael Kovnat. See you tomorrow.